Hey everyone, welcome back to the EJ. Today, Dr. Jason, Dr. Brandon, and I are going to talk about an article I read on entrepreneur.com, something that um, just kind of sparked my interest and I wanted to hear their thoughts on it. So we will dive into that a little bit, um, the different phases and stages of business. And then um, something really exciting for you EJ listeners, we have some new cover art coming out next week, so um, keep your eyes out for that, and hopefully it's a little bit easier to find in your podcast list. So here we go. Chelsea here with Dr. Brandon, can't say your name, sorry, and Dr. Jason. Um, So I I have a topic that I think... um, the article I read was kind of boring about it, but I think it's a good point. And I think that a lot of people are curious about the different phases and stages of business because obviously not everybody's just all of a sudden in their business and doing well. So I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. So yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> What's it so, on? The five stages of your business. So I took this, or I didn't take it. I'm reading this article from entrepreneur.com. Shout out to them because they put a lot of great stuff out. Um, and it's and called the, Test is one of the fastest growing franchises. So they obviously know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's called the five stages of your business life cycle. Which phase are you in? So yes. stage exactly. one is seed and development. Stage two says startup. Stage three is growth and establishment. Stage four is expansion. Stage five is maturity and possible exit. So obviously that's like from the minute you think of a business you want to start to when you want to retire. But what are your thoughts on those stages? And do you think that it's like that cut and dry or do you think it all blends together a little bit more? No, I think, I mean, I think for the purpose of this podcast, I think to be honest, the seed and development doesn't need a whole lot of time and the, uh, the exit strategy. And here's the reason. They're both important phases. But I'm guessing most of the people that are tuning into this have been thinking over their idea or are ready or have already launched their idea. Um, yeah, I mean, creation, it happens kind of innately. Once you're an entrepreneur, like you're sleeping, you're thinking about it. You're on the treadmill, you're thinking about it. You're on a hike, you're thinking about it. So I think people who have these, these amazing ideas, like they've been working through that shit for, for years and years. So uh, you know, we, there's really no right way to do that, nor do I think we should tell people the right way, but uh, I'm up for anything. Uh, Except I also for do think, what you're passionate about. We've talked about yeah, that a ton well, of times. So. And it's, you know, whether you're building a better widget or you have a new way to do things, I mean, people have been creating that for years in their mind. The other is I don't think there's a ton of people listening that are at the exit strategy phase um, after building a massive company and selling out and stuff. What an exciting spot to be. But at the same time, I would bet that 90 to 95 or more percent of our listeners are going to fall in those first three phases, which is the startup of the business, the growth and establishment, and then, of course, expansion when you're successful. Am I wrong or am I right on that, Dr. B? Completely, especially the startup phase, like you said. If you haven't been thinking about your dream for a long time, then I, I don't know what the hell you're doing. So, And then I, I agree. I'm... I'm I'd put myself and I'm not ready for the, the exit phase or the, the retirement phase either. Uh, I got some thoughts and moving towards that, but I'm not there yet either. You so did like, just uh, have a birthday. You did just have a birthday. Getting yo, a little Club 4 <laughs> Welcome to the 40s. Welcome uh, to the 40s. Plus, <laughs> he's not there yet. So, um, no, I think let's, let's get heavy into the, the middle three because you're right. That's where most people are. 
That's where most people I think need some help and growth. I do think like you, Chelsea said, there's no definite starts here, starts there. Um, these are all going to blend together, but I think there's some things we can tie in to, to help the listeners with on that. So I think the, uh, the startup phase too is like one of the most important parts because if you don't do this right from the beginning, then I think it's so much easier to not succeed or to fail really quickly. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, part of the startup phase is failing. I mean, so, I mean, we've, this, this is such an overused cliche and I hate to even keep saying it, but I mean, like when you fail, you learn, when you fail, you learn how to get better. You learn what doesn't work. I mean, there's no entrepreneur ever has launched a business and not had some sort of adversity, if not massive adversity, smack them in the face. So, you know, let's talk about, so you have this great idea and you've whatever created a better way to do something or an entirely new way to do something. And so you've opened the doors or you've opened the company or you've opened the webpage or whatever the case may be. So you're starting this baby up. So let's talk about like, how the hell do you build it? What, like, what's the first step when day one, when you show up in the office in our world, chiropractic practices, but whether it's a haircut place or a, a software company or a liquor store or whatever it is, like, what do you do? Like, I mean, let's go over some key points of that. We'll all throw some different ones into it. I'm going to say my first thing that's pivotal is surrounding yourself with people that are going to be instrumental in your growth. Damn it. These took my idea. You have a little time to think. I think for sure systems too, like having your systems developed before you, before you open your door. So you know how things are going to run and you know, like you're, you have ways to track things. You have ways to track business success. And also having a really strong staff, I think is important depending on, I know it's hard because lots of different types of businesses are listening, but just having the correct staff, I guess, surrounding yourself with people who are, you know, in it to win it with you. Which could be a whole call. I mean, hiring the right people is like, I mean, that's, that's a weekend seminar. <clears throat> what do you ask them? How do you know they're the right people? What do you do if they're not right? Things of that nature. But I mean, having someone with you, this is one of the biggest mistakes that most people do is they open up on such a tight budget that they can't afford to pay anybody. They can't afford to, you know, buy the proper equipment. They can't afford to market properly. It's the reason that majority of small businesses go under, not because they wouldn't work eventually. It's because they're so underfunded at the at the front end of it that they can't afford to do what they want to do. And that would include hiring the right people, which is essential, like in our world. You gotta have someone at the front desk answering phone calls, collecting money, greeting people, taking them through the discovery, which is our exam process, um, helping you with marketing, helping you with phone calls. Like it's endless the amount of things this person does. Every career has that person, whether they're a front desk person or a salesperson or whatever. So you've got to, and way before you open your doors, you got to be able to find the right person that shares your vision, buys into your vision, is gonna help you create that. So see that. What you just said, I've had that same discussion twice in the last week, even with doctors. Um, they said, you know, hey, when I get to this level, this number, this volume, whatever the, the, the parameters they set, they said, then I'm going to bring on the second person. Then I think I need an extra person here, an extra person there. And I said, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, let's hit time out for a moment. What if we would just reverse the, the questions and what if I brought on a person now, then I would hit those numbers. And so I think they got it backwards of like, once I hit a certain point, let's say number of visits in, in their clinic or, or number of patients in their clinic, they would hire a second person. It, that, that I think should go the other way. Let's hire the person now so we can jump to that level immediately. Yep. But we just think of it backwards sometime as business owners of, ah, oh, that's an added expense. That's another thing I'm going to have to pay right. rather than looking at it more as an asset to the- to Well, the they said, but I don't, have my mo- I don't have the money to do that. 
Well, listen, like you already put your ass on the line to open this business, right? You already signed a $500,000 lease and you bought equipment and all kinds of stuff. So don't let the payroll of somebody on a monthly basis, 3,500 to say $6,000 per month or whatever industry you're in, don't let that be the thing that you don't do after you've already put your ass on the line. Like you're, you're going to risk that signature that you put on these many, many financial documents by not having the, uh, you know, the amount of proper help in there to help you build this that, business. That's exactly what the doctor said to me. And I said, well, what if you don't have that person and now a phone call goes missed? A marketing opportunity that should have been addressed is just missed as well. We don't get to those. How much money did that now cost you that you should have been able to handle to, to bring in more clients, more new patients, whatever the case is there, that you missed because you wouldn't hire that person? I, I could easily justify, if you gave me those numbers, 3,500 to six grand, easily justify, I can make that per month back for sure by having that extra help to make sure I don't miss anything. Yeah, and, and honestly, worse, I mean, you're not going to read this a lot in articles because it's not real uh, PC, but I mean, you always have the availability to let people go. Like if you right. have to, if shit hits the fan and it's not happening. It's then business. You, yeah, then you got to let people go. But I mean, they got to come in and make an impact. That They have a, a, a role in this also. So you got to let them know up front, hey, our expectation of when you join this group family, workforce, whatever, <clears throat> is to absolutely experience growth to justify the hiring. And so they should be excited behind that and absolutely, you know, have a role in that whole process. So, but you got to get that team in place so you can properly take care of people when they come in. We've seen it so many times that you explode into business. So your idea is as good as you thought, holy shit, people want it. They're lined up for it. And then you just treat them like garbage and they don't come back. In the restaurant world, it never failed. When I was looking at different restaurants and I would go in and look at all of their different numbers. And so we'd have a payroll percentage that we wanted to, to hit. And so I would take a look at that and they would with pride say, look at my payroll percentage. It's two and a half percent lower than we the company estimates it should be. And I knew without fail, the next couple months, their sales would take a dive. Because the sales are coming in, they treated people like shit, didn't, didn't go through the systems, didn't optimize the sales every time the person came in. And lo and behold, of course, they paid the price when people didn't come back. And we see this all the time in business. People mess up and don't take care of the consumer like they need to. We just, we just did this on Monday. I took three of my team members out, out to lunch on Monday. And we walk into this restaurant and, and there's just a single server from what I can tell. Um, we decided we want to sit on the patio. So we, we went out in the back patio, got a nice table. And I realized, oh, he probably didn't see us. So I go inside to tell the, the server, hey, we're out in the back, just you know, grab some menus. As I do, he says, it's going to be at least 40 to 45 minutes before we can get back to you on food. And to a point where we're just like, all right, we're, we're out of here. And we went to a whole different place. So again, that probably an example of what you're saying, Jay, understaffed restaurant that thought they're saving money now just pissed off four clients that probably would have dropped 150 bucks at lunch that day. And we just said, ah, we're but not only just that day, then for next yeah, week, I'm still you're going to be like, I ain't going there. Right. right. Like, why would you yeah. order? So who knows when and if you'll ever go back there. And especially that restaurants are a great example because there's thousands. If I love a restaurant, I may not go back for three years, right? Let alone if I hate it. You're just because there's never so much variety, so many options. Yeah. And there's so many people doing it right. Like, I'm not going to mess with that, you know, so forget that. So, all right. So we got, we got hire a team around you. Uh, we got systems, which obviously is what our company does, right? Is there's so many different things to running a successful business, but what forms to use, what's legal, what are your hours, what are you charging, how do you review, you know, your employees, your staff? Uh, there's so many different things that you need to have. And that's one of the bigger problems too, 
overfunding, big problem, or I'm sorry, underfunded, big problem, but also not having the ability or systems, like you're trying to do everything. As an owner, you're wearing 9,000 hats and doing a bunch of things half-ass, as opposed to like really making sure the systems are in place so you can run the systems, the systems can run the business, and then you can start to get places and have time to actually enjoy the process. One of the main, one of the main points that, um, that I read in this, this article that kind of prompted this topic today is says that in the, in the stage two of startup, the adaptability is key, which I think is very true. Like you have to be ready for what's going to come at you. You have to take your customers' opinions and feedback and ideas and, um, improve upon them if you're getting, you know, that kind of feedback and, um, be able to compete with whatever market you're in. I think, I think that word is not only in business, like in health, right? When we're talking about people's health, when they say, what's the key to health? What's the number one key to being healthy? It's adaptability. It's your body's ability to adapt to the environment you're placed in. If it's, it's, if there's a, a room you go into with the flu virus that's rampant, what's your body's ability to fight that off? If you're put into an athletic event and your leg is bent the wrong way, what is your body's ability to heal from that? Like adaptability is everything in life. It's also everything in business and everything you play. It's a Mike Tyson quote, like everyone, everyone's prepared until they get punched in the face. Right. So everyone's prepared to open their business until like shit hits the fan. Uh, competitor moves next door. Uh, something is no longer, you know, trending. You bought something that's no longer a big deal. There's something better like your ability to adapt Netflix, right? Whole Foods, Amazon, Postmates, you name it, all these companies, when they started out completely different, and now they had to modify their business model to absolutely dominate their field. So love the term adaptability. And if you're not adaptable and you're not making changes uh, to make sure you stay on top, you're screwed. It's just I do that all the time in the golf course. I have to hit out of the sand. I have to hit out of the weeds. Yep. I have to hit out of the <laughs> I can adapt, brother. I can adapt. You had to adapt when you threw your eight iron and don't have it anymore. Next so you topic. Like half swing your seven. I'm sure you adapt when the when the beer cart drives by too. So yeah, um. <laughs> the other thing. So, so now that we're, let's get though because we're going to kind of barely cover topics. I'm already seeing it, but marketing. People also cut corners on marketing. They have this beautiful location. They do have the right staff. They have a great idea. Holy shit, their systems are spot on and let's spend no money getting people in the door. So if, if no one's coming in to see how great you are, you're not making any money in business. So you've got to have a marketing strategy. It may be you hitting the pavement, right? That's the, the most economical way to do it. But if you're out hitting the pavement, you're also not in your office. And so that there's challenges there. So what you're spending on ad buy, on radio time, on social media, on wherever you're going to go, Whatever is great for your industry, you've got to have some money set aside to absolutely boost and introduce people to your concept. So I think that's another thing people well way underfund. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. You're going to get it back. If your product's that good, your idea is that good. If you don't think you can sell it, therefore you don't spend anything on marketing. Yeah, good luck with that. You got to put some dollars behind that. It's the old stupid thing. And I thought this is dumb for it, but like way back in the day, they're like, if you don't receive 10 to 15 times the return on investment for marketing, you're wasting your money. That's bullshit. If you're, if you're receiving any return on your investment, it's a good investment. Yeah. If I'm spending a hundred and get 200, that's great. I'll do that all day. Now it doesn't mean I won't do other things as well, but if you're getting the return on your investment, either go all in on that more or get other things going. We all love a 15 
times return on our investment. But as long as you're making money, you can do it. We see people all the time, just business idiots that say, oh, I'm going to go on this local coupon book, or I'm going to do this local uh, news magazine and different things like that with zero return, yep. right? And they'll defend it and defend it. And, oh, it's so important. And look at this. And nine people read it every month. And one person said they saw me. And then they'll look at the results and there's nothing coming in return from it. And they will fight tooth and nail to protect that as opposed to spending money in, say, social media, right, where they know it's going to drive their business, their, their practice. So um, we've seen this many times and it's very, very frustrating and hard to watch. Is that yeah. been an easy time? Actually, Gary Vee talks about it all the time that anybody can throw chum change at, at Facebook ads, Yelp, Google, all the all these social media revenues that we have avenues that we have. And you can get some massive exposure more, more now so than any time ever in marketing and in business. Um, now's the time to do that. The little guy can compete. More so than ever. What, what happens when people say it doesn't work for me? It didn't work. What, what's your answer to that? I think we touched on this a little bit on one of our other podcasts. Um, you're, you're talking social media, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think they make two big mistakes of not trying it for a length of time, mm -hmm. having good, solid content, mm -hmm. consistent content, and then putting a little money behind it. <laughs> They all fail at those three things. And then they're like, ah, social media, it sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to my coupon book. Right. Um, I would also I just say back. like bullshit because people are still seeing it, even if they haven't come in yet. I would say, let's try to implement a better system on getting people in because we know that social media Action. works. Or your message sucks, right? So social media works. So like whether you like it or not, like people, it's changed our world. So, I mean, like, it's like Gary Vee says all the time. On one hand, people will say like, oh my God, social media is ruining our election and it, it, people were interfering and things like that, but you don't think it can help you like sell more donuts? Like give me a break to say it, it changed our election of the leader of the country, but it can't help my company sell more of whatever. So it's, it's nuts. If people aren't responding to your message, your message probably sucks. So change it. So we so, and this goes back to adaptability. We so think like, here's what I want to get across and here's what I am and here's what people want to hear. Well, the market will decide. If they don't want to hear that, then you need to decide what they do need to hear and adapt on the fly to make sure you're getting a message out that resonates with your possible consumer so they can come in and spend money so you can keep your doors open, period. I'll buy more donuts to that. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's go to phase two because in phase one we could sit here and, and by the way there's probably 10 things we left out marketing team systems like you name it there's so many important things that we left out but let's talk now about okay you've made it like you're paying your bills and you maybe even make a little money in your pocket every single month now you're just trying to grow and establish yourself in your community and, and do the things you want to do what do we see these offices doing that's good or bad at, through this process um, one thing that back to this article, just because it, it is what prompted the idea is it says the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs in this stage is dividing time between a whole new range of demands requiring your attention, managing increasing levels of revenue, attending to customers, dealing with the competition, accommodating and expanding workforce. So just as you get bigger, like more money, more problems, right? So you just have to learn how to delegate and, um, adapt if you will. Adapt, yeah. Adapt. Yeah. That I was trying to come up with a different word on my brain thesaurus, but <laughs> <laughs> nothing came out. You have a brain. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Let's so, cause that was one thing too, I was going to say, so let's go over things we see that people don't do. Cause I think people can learn from that. Um, 
growth of your team. Again, team has come into both categories now. They have the exact same amount of, of manpower that they did to get to whatever volume that they want to get to the next volume. So the, the very baseline thing here is you can't do the same thing you did to get to this many sales that you will have to do, going to have to do to get to this many sales. So you can't have the exact same team to get to 10,000 a week that you're going to need to get to 50,000 a week. It's impossible. So you've got to adapt, make the changes, do whatever you need to do to make sure you get the proper team in place, again, systems in place. And yeah, I think that one benefit that you have when your business is very slow is you've got a lot of time. You can go out, you got time for calls. This is a death wish because a lot of entrepreneurs get used to this. And then we see them all of a sudden building a little success and they come to us with like, whoa, I'm so busy. And you look at the volume, you're like, you're not busy, right? You're busier than you were, which was not busy. So like, but you're not busy. So you got to be more efficient. How do you get people to be more efficient in their daily activities? You're stealing my freaking answers, man. Efficiency is going to be my, my go-to there. I see your notes there. That's, a, yeah. um, that's all I've seen with our offices that have gotten bigger. And again, in the chiropractic example here, they're just doing everything that much more efficient. So they, they use the systems that we have in place to a level that they didn't before. They train their team. You said the team has to grow, like literally in size, like in numbers, maybe. Yeah. I also think their team has to grow mentally to yep. know what's possible as well. They know where to, where to really focus on areas that enhance the experience for people and not just feel like they're busy. I always hear, hear offices that are, like you said, I'm slam busy. I'm slam. And you look at the schedule, it's like they only have a few people. They were focused on all these dumb things mm-hmm. that didn't really matter to growing the business that felt busy to them, but literally weren't busy in their clinics. So I think efficiency, they're just applying these systems even to another level, uh, um, amping things up that they can really hone in on what's important for the experience for that customer. Well, and, and there's different ways to go over this. So I mean, like it took, for your example, for the restaurant you went to last week or earlier this week or whenever it was, yeah. like that person could, the exact same person, exact same business, exact same busyness could have handled it so differently if, they're, if they had expanded their mind to say, they want to be busy. I served, I think everyone should have to wait tables. I know Chelsea did for a long time too. We both bartended. I think it, it helps everybody to realize one, how to treat those people, two, how to multitask at a high, high level. I always look for people that have bartending and wait staff experience when I hire them. Side note. Anyway. And to resume. That's right. <laughs> so, but what we know is that when people are good at that, you actually want it to be busy so you can make some fucking money. That's why you're there. And people that are irritated by business, I'm always like, what are you talking about? So that person could have handled that so much differently, been more efficient, grab some help, grab an iced tea, refill that water, drop this check off, whatever. And just with a smile said the same thing. Hey, it is crazy busy today. It's fantastic in here. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to get you a glass of water. And then we're going to be with you in the next five minutes. That's a whole different way. You guys all would have had lunch there. Or maybe suggest, can I get it to go to make sure that you, you know, you're not late for work and stuff. It's just someone that cared about what the consumer thought versus somebody that's annoyed that it's busy. And you've got to realize and cut ties with people that are going to uh, anchor you down from growth. So you're right. You have to grow in number of people. You have to actually have your staff grow in the vision to be successful as well. That's exactly how we felt with him. It was just more of an annoyance of like, geez, there's four more people that walked in. Like, how dare you guys go to eat lunch at a restaurant during the lunch hour? Right. And and can you imagine them not being prepared for that? Like, yeah, people come for lunch (laughs) at lunchtime in a restaurant. 
So if you're not ready for that, then you're never going to be busy. And now they'll, he'll be dead this week and be like, okay, much better. Two tables. Great. Take your 14 bucks you make today and go pay your rent in San Diego and see how that works. It makes zero sense. So people have got to get their shit together and, and understand. But part of that's hiring the right person. Part of that is training the right person. Part of it is he was set up for failure from a manager whose who's right. ultimate goal you know, uh, is responsible. And that is why you have one person running an entire restaurant. You deserve to not be successful. And uh, you, know, you should have been, if you're only going to hire one wait staff or have one wait staff on, your ass better be behind the bar helping them out when you get through the busy time make sure you can get through that. So sometimes a restaurant manager comes out of me again. Like I get, I'm angry. <laughs> he probably didn't do a side work either. And I'm really pissed about that. So where's the roll-ups? That's right. He probably so, paid half of his $14 he made for someone else to do a side work. You know, my side note. What, that was what, my, my side hustle at being a server, doing people's side work. My worst thing that I ever did back in the day when this is before I even ran restaurants, but when I was a, a waiter through college, I thought it was the best thing to just shake the ketchup bottle as my side work and it would coat it with a nice red color. And then people would, <laughs> so would like say it it's all nice and filled. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was my trick. But now the, red, now the ketchup bottle is red. And so you don't even need to do that anymore. You just have so, to feel it. That's right. So, all right, so what else in, what else in growth? What, 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 uh, they got to get their shit together. Got to get a team, got to expand it, got to have the systems. Do you have to spend more marketing dollars or less marketing dollars than you did during that uh, first phase? of startup? I would say more because your team has grown. You're more efficient. Keep going. I think momentum is really important at this phase. So a lot of times people will reach a goal and think like, okay, we're good now. This was where I wanted to be. But yeah. I think keeping momentum is really important and not getting com- you know comfortable where you are, complacent in, in the goals you've reached. So More maybe, but I think at least an equal amount of money spent on it. I also think you start to build a culture there that you're going to have more internal referrals, more people talking about you. So definitely not spending less, but I think as you start to build that culture, and again, we see this in practices, they just get busier based on. The also tons of people will start referring your business at that exactly. point. Too, yeah. as you start too, right now, if you're not analyzing the numbers, like numbers don't lie. So you know, now what works, you know, how many people it brings in, you know, how much you make per average person that's brought in. So you start to be able to do the numbers. So I think a lot of it depends on your goal. You know, if you want to, you still want to quadruple your business, then yeah, you don't want to cut back on marketing. But if you're at a point where like, oh my God, we're at capacity. Let's say you cut hair, right? And it's just you, like you, you don't have the ability. So if you're filled 90% of your hours, then you may be able to cut back on marketing a bit because, you know, you only have one spot open a day and there's nothing else you can do except for hire more stylist or different, something like that. But if you're a restaurant and you still have 400 open seats a day possible, it's time to go all in. And by now you should start to know you've analyzed the numbers and you can really put the money where it's going to best give a return on the investment. I also think some of the people that are growing at super high levels in this know really what you just said. You just gave some dumb example of like a haircut, but you're making up numbers, but like literally sound like you knew the numbers of a haircut place. A great owner that's growing knows every single number of their business to a T so then they know where to put their energies towards. Is that prepping something so we can be more efficient here? Is it upping my marketing dollars because we saw a drop here? Is it lowering my marketing dollars because we're 95% full? Whatever example you just gave. Know your numbers or Knowing your numbers yep. is essential. And I think the ones that do, after they've gotten past that infancy phase, they really start to hone in on what's important, which then again creates more growth. Well, and, I mean, cost per visit, price per visit, your payroll percentage, your percentage of people that convert from marketing into being a client. Like these are all numbers that if you're not analyzing and you don't know, then you don't know what's working. 
you're just throwing darts and hoping something works. And that's not a good strategy to grow or build or expand. And certainly not going to get you to the point where you're looking to sell your, your company. So be smart about it, guys. You got to analyze. If you don't know the numbers, you need to reach out to somebody that does know the numbers that can show you how to measure that. And then you got to know not only that, where the numbers are problematic, how to fix it. And that's also essential. And that would go again to adaptability. Today's podcast brought to you by the word adaptability because it's come <laughs> up like 50 times. So yeah. um, as we wrap up, let's go to uh, expansion phase, man. So now you started, you dreamed about it. You opened it up. You went through all the problems. You got knocked down. You got back up, started to make some money. You're killing it. You're established. And now it's time to expand this vision. Multiple locations, you know, uh, a remodel to give you more square footage, et cetera. How do you launch into this expansion phase? What's different here? Yeah, that's what I was going to say or ask you guys rather not say is like, how do you know if you even want to expand or need to expand? Because what if some, you know, some businesses are just like doing great, growing still, successful, profitable, but they're, they don't need more space and they're not sure if they want to open other offices or other businesses or... I mean, I think this is up to the owner. Like, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's a right answer for that. So I, I think if someone's like, you know what, I'm packed. I can't fit anyone else in. I'm making a ton of money. I'm happy as can be. I have good family time. Balance is great. Do I have to expand? Hell no, you don't. Like if you're happy, then that's great. Yeah. So I think sometimes expansion can be a detriment because people so often just want to keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and I suffer from this disease big time. Like I want to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. There's a point where sometimes it's perfect. You're right where you need to be, right? Mm-hmm. But the entrepreneur doesn't think that way because they're thinking if I have one, I could have two. If I have two, why not 10? And 10, I should have a hundred of these things. Well, and maybe to that person that doesn't necessarily want to expand more locations, they can modify their hours to be exactly what they want or something like that. Like a different version of expansion to them could be Increase just- Increase your prices, right? I mean, if, if you don't want to change, we have offices like this that we have a couple that we, we know- Amazing office, kicking butt, highly successful, making a tremendous amount of money, loving their work-life balance, and they don't really want to expand. And I think that's great. Like that, that's what that's what success is to them. I guess the, the answer here is decide what you want. Success mm-hmm. is pretty much, you know, defined by you as a business person. But if you do want to expand, and, and this is important because we've learned this, this is expansion's tough. A lot of people can build a highly successful business because it's you. You're the one that work your ass off. You stress. You show up at 4 a.m. if you need to. You stay late, all this type of stuff. When you expand, it's not only you. It's employees you've hired now. And if they don't share the same passion for what they're doing, that becomes very frustrating to you. And then all of a sudden, instead of expanding, you're actually just opening an upper business that you have to dump money into. And that can be frustrating. So I think people need to be very careful with expansion. When it's ready, it's amazing. And our company is proof positive of that. It continues to grow like crazy. And with every office, we get better and better. However, I see other people that try to expand, don't do it right. They just like the idea of it. And it ends up actually being the death of their business. And you got to be careful of that before you jump into that arena. So yeah. I think that goes back to some of the systems we were talking about earlier. Those, those expansion groups have those systems dialed in again to a T. Cause it's not always going to be the uh, Howard Schultz didn't always make a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they plugged in systems and then, then they taught people how to replicate those systems. So that has to be of utmost importance. If there's any, any idea of expansion going on is what's the systems. 
in our world, I, I can't tell you how many times I talked to a chiropractic office owner that was highly successful and still is in his or her office that opened up another office across town that's been a nightmare. And all they want to do now is get rid of that because they, they wanted to expand. Let's do the same thing on the other side of town. Someone came, someone left. It's been a debacle. Right now they just went off the hook. Like so many times people try that expansion and, and it's not everything they thought. So I just think through things ahead of time and make sure it's what you want. And if it is, then you need to free yourself up, e-myth stuff here, to be able to work on the company, not just in the individual location you're at. Because if you're still stuck being the manager at location A, location B is not getting the, the, the growth and the leadership that it needs, probably. So if you're going to open B, you need to pull out of A a little bit and be able to oversee both of them, not just work nonstop in this location and hope that B, C, D locations do as well as yours. So I think that's one thing to be careful of for sure. Other thoughts to wrap this up? I mean, you know, we, again, we're going into this. We didn't even know if we're going to, how much time we're going to have. And I mean, now we could have talked all weekend about every one of these individual stages, but you know, bottom line is, I mean, business is, is, is an amazing, it's like a, it's like a sporting event. Like you've got to be able to adapt, work your ass off. You've got to come up with a unique concept. You've got to beat your opponent. Like there's so much to building a successful business and all of these different phases fall into it. It's, you know, it's, it's the first quarter, it's halftime, it's the two minute drill. It's all these things could easily be interchanged with some of these terms that we used, but uh, when you're ready and, and you got got the not only the motivation, but the know-how and the systems and the team, then go for it, man. Because there's nothing more incredible than watching an empire that you built and watching it continue to grow. And, you know, you got everything you need to do that right between your ears. But at the same time, you better be ready to work your ass off because you got to do what other people uh, aren't able to do most of the time. And there's always someone coming after you. So uh, take home thoughts from you guys on... Uh, What's one thing people can take home in one of these three phases that's going to help them start up growth uh, or expansion? I want people to take home the, the, the leap to expand your team. If you're thinking about it, if that resonated with you today and you're like, gosh, I just feel like if we had one more person, another team member, someone else to help with this, uh, my challenge you today is to go ahead, take the leap, get them hired, bring them on and see what it starts to do for your, your business. Chelsea, I think in, in every phase, I think it's important to always make sure that you're moving forward and not just getting complacent so that you don't end up moving backwards or getting caught off guard completely. So just always be looking to your next goal and make sure that you're moving forward, whether that's expanding, adding more people to your team, raising your prices, whatever the case is, I think you just need to make sure you're always headed in the right direction. Love both of them. Mine would be, and this is one of the most overlooked thing in business is you need to spend time and um, building up yourself. There's going to be times where you feel like you're defeated, you're alone, who's gone through this, nobody. Thousands of people have gone through it. Thousands of people are going through it. And you've got to plug yourself into podcasts like this, amazing books, amazing authors, anything that resonates with you and makes you kind of replug back into why you wanted to be an entrepreneur, build that confidence back up. And it changes the way that you approach the workday that next Monday or that next day. So absolutely spend time building yourself up, surround yourself with winners uh, that are going to help you get through some of these struggles, because that is going to be essential. Your business will only grow as far as you grow personally, period. So great time hanging out. 
Thank you. <laughs> uh, great time hanging out with you guys today. Listen, continue to what you know what one thing people are going to see next week is the whole new fancy artwork thing we've been working on. Ooh. Our new picture, our new cover. We spent some time on this. Anyway, Spoiler so, alert! So yeah, <laughs> so we spent we spent more time than we care to admit on the uh, the new look of the EJ. So we're excited to roll that out in the week to come. Should have that finalized next week. Most importantly, and uh, the only really important thing is how many people are listening. And we want you to share this with people that you know, uh, love, care for, or don't even like. We don't care. We want them listening. <laughs> because they're going to benefit from some of the nuggets that we're giving out on a uh, weekly basis. So uh, Dr. J here signing off. Chelsea, Dr. B, thanks for your time as always. And we'll talk to you next week. See you guys.